You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This is episode number 254, we're discussing WandaVision, DC Future State, and characters returning to the MCU. I'm on your host, Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Carlos. And I'm Sanjay. Well guys, we are back in the saddle for 2021 in the Nerd Room here. It's our first full episode, the episodes that you guys are accustomed to where we're walking through our weeks in Nerd and some key news items, including the release of the first two episodes of WandaVision. Episodes one and two, guys, we're going to break these down in some detail, talk about those Easter eggs, talk about what we're seeing here with the return of the MCU to Disney+. Plus. Very exciting things there, guys. We're also going to talk DC Future State. This comic event over at DC is kicked off for the next two months. Troy and Carl is going to walk us through the first couple of issues there and really sell it to me, give it to me, and let me know when and how I should be reading all of the DC Future State, and we're also going to touch on some key characters potentially returning to the MCU. And guys, I'm quite excited about this one because it is my dude that could be returning to all of this. So, guys, it is an exciting time to be a nerd, and we're here like we always are every Thursday to talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. And guys, for our first full episode of 2021, we're going to kick it off like we always do. With our weeks in Nerd, it has been a little while since we talked about what we've been picking up. Instagram, it's been there. The hunt is real at the Nerdaram. You can check out some of the finds there. But guys, let's get into it. Let's jump straight into it for this week and talk about our weekly pickups. I'm going to throw it first to my man, Troy. Craven the Hunter, what have you been chasing down these past couple weeks? Yeah, you know, man, it's, um, for me, it's been pretty dry recently, um, I kind of just been picking up things just for the sake of picking up things. That's how dry it's been for me. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been staring a while. That, you know, ah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> I've been staring at this uh, this Bestman Luke Black series for quite some time. It's like the first release, and I was um, I was looking at it, I'm like, you know, it just doesn't look right, especially with like the, the new release that they gave us recently. So um, I bought the new release quite some time ago, but I've never picked up. Um, the uh, Dagobah training Luke. Mm-hmm. I have like the, the pack with him and Yoda, but that's in box. I'm never opening that guy. But I was like, you know what? The head on that figure is really dope. And that looks more like the head that should be on the Bespin Empire Strikes Back <laughs> fight. So I, I found the figure and I was like, I just popped that head off. I put it in and I'm like, I can sleep at night now. So um, I did a little, little bash there. I love it. I picked up uh, the Game Reverse Captain America in the all black suit. Um, I never really had any interest in this figure. But again, I kind of wanted to explain explanation about that, and uh, it was the all black figure. It was on sale for eighteen bucks, mm-hmm. so I was like, "Man, I got to get <laughs> yeah. this guy." And it's you know, it's a really cool um, Steve Rogers head. Yeah, it's actually really nice, apart from like the uh, the Chris Evans. So I needed that in my collection, and then it's been Future State all day, baby, man. I've been picking up everything, anything I've kind of been sleeping on. I holler my boy Carlos. He recommends it. It turns out great. And it's 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 phenomenal time reading these comic books. So uh, future state, and um, you know what? That's about it. That's out about it for comics and um, for toys. But listen, I got to change something over here. I got to switch it over to Carlos because you know what, man? We're in the year twenty twenty one. 
right now, by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be Thursday. And I haven't actually, we haven't officially congratulated this guy on the goddamn victory that he had for the box office showdown, right? Mm-hmm. For the box office. So, um, you know, being your, your two-time champion here, uh, 2000, <laughs> uh, you know, 2018, 2019, back-to-back, um, I got to give it up. I got to give the trophy over to Carlos. But this guy is like the MVP of, of the podcasting realm, and he's also, you know, the box office winner. So, Carlos, let me congratulate you, because by the time you listen to this, you will have the trophy yeah. in your hand. And uh, I just want to say salute, man. So, everyone on Twitter, when you uh, check out this episode, you know, just uh, congratulate Carlos on that victory for his uh, his first his first 2020 uh, box office um, fantasy draft trophy. It's all yours, man. It's all yours. It's unbelievable. Amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I I dropped a little something <clears throat> off with Carlos for you too, Troy. So oh. when you oh. drop that trophy off, oh man, there might be a little something for you uh, on the oh. other side. And um, <laughs> I'd like to say it's a black series or something, but yeah, it is. Uh, it's your box office last place finish trophy. <laughs> free, free car wash. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Goddamn, Batman! You got you got any words? You got uh, you know a couple minutes here to give one of those speeches. I'm not going to play the music to get you out of here, but you got you got to say a few words here. You know, I, I'd like to thank all those people that believed in me, making those dark horse picks at the end, and and who would have thought that it was Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn herself. <laughs> coming out of the darkness you know she she had some shade thrown at her at the beginning we're a little unsure about her choice and direction with cassandra kane but uh you know as those movies started falling and ewan mcgregor's dropping those f-bombs one after another um it, it led me to the promised land and uh the victory for the 2020 box office pool relies Strictly on the fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Oh, that's amazing. Guys, and on a side note, out of the two DC movies released this year, sorry, honey, but Birds of Prey was by far the better one. <laughs> better at the box office. Okay. No, no, just you're talking everything. about quality. They're pretty close. Yeah, well, you yeah, can go back to our review yeah. and check that one. Now, Carlos has been on the couch <laughs> since our one one eight four review. So. Well, that's why I'm sitting in a new spot because <laughs> my bed's set up over where I usually sit. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, why do you continue this? Can continue this uh, this celebration of nerd, man? What's you? What have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Well, last couple of weeks, yeah, deep diving into the future state, and Troy and I'll get into that in a second, but uh, that has been awesome. And then, yeah, met up with you and got my hands on the last Robin uh, variation to con- complete the the Crows, the Dark Knight's Metal Robin. So I would have never this time last year said, yeah, I'm going to hunt down three versions of the <laughs> evil Twisted Robins to complete the look of my Dark Knight Metal shovel, but... Here I am, but uh, I'm going to take it into the beyond for this week or two in Nerd. And it, it started with Uncle Todd, and it started with The Hunt, and it started with The Hunt for the Geralt of Rivia Witcher 3 figure. And I've been just lusting after this thing. I got my man Craven on it, and he's hooked me up with the link for the special version one that's coming out from Toys R Us. But I need the OG version because that's the way I tailored my Witcher when I was playing The Witcher 3. And I don't know what happened, but the hunt for this figure led me into randomly deciding to buy the books. And I plowed through the first book, and I'm halfway through the second, and I've rewatched the episodes of the Netflix series that played out over the course of the first book. And I got like the last three episodes to watch when I'm finished the second book. And 
man, it's been insane. I don't know what happened, and I'm not one to pick up big, thick novels, especially fantasy novels, and plow through them. But <laughs> I'm on uh, since we last spoke on this week in nerd. I'm on book two of the Witcher saga. So wow, yeah. is this all in the same world? So from the video games to the novels to the Netflix series, is it all one universe, or are they kind of their own like retellings? Yeah, so it's kind of cool. It's quite the journey. So these started off as short stories in a Polish sci-fi magazine, but or like fantasy magazine, but they took off so much that the short stories became Polish novels, and then those got translated. And then the video games, it's kind of cool. So the video games is actually a sequel to what happened in the books. Cool. And The Witcher 3 is actually the conclusion of the saga. But then the Netflix show came in and they're adapting the books kind of thing. And yeah, it's pretty cool. And the lore is awesome and it's really accessible. And the characters are neat because they're they're pretty flawed. And it's like I can identify with them a lot more than I can with Aragon kind of thing. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I was pretty adverse to reading fantasy books, but obviously not anymore. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's yeah. Awesome. So uh, yeah, it's a bit of... Uh, all things beyond this week for me. Ah, that's awesome. I love the extend into the beyond once in a while. It's nice to get out of your comfort zone, as most of my 2020 was. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sonny, man, what have you been up to? Yeah, man. Um, you know, picking up some 4Ks. I've been on the hunt. Um, I recently watched John Wick number one on 4K, and I was like, man, that movie was awesome. So then I went out and I picked up number two and number three. So I got to go and watch those. And then today I picked up uh, 2012, came in on 4K, an awesome uh, end of the world kind of flick there, and uh, picked up Prince of Darkness, a John Carpenter horror film. Uh, haven't seen it yet, but John Carpenter is the man, so I I hear a lot of good things about this. Um, but I did watch one film that I haven't seen, and uh, no, sorry, Grabs, it wasn't Saving Private Ryan yet. Um, it was uh, It was Terminator Dark Fate. And, um, you know, after I watched it, I was like, you know, it's a pretty good, like, action film. Like, if you're not, like, into, like, big into, like, Terminator lore and stuff, you'd be like, yeah, man, it's, like, pretty good. And, like, after I watched it, I'm like, yeah, man, like, it's pretty good. I kind of started thinking about it a little bit more. And it's like, it's still, like, a well-made film. And, like, the actors did good. It's just that, like, something that happens in the first five minutes of the film just kind of, like, undercuts the first two Terminator films for me. And um, so it's kind of like a weird choice. I understand a little bit why they made this choice, um, but I, I still really, you know, I still enjoyed it. Um, but when I'm doing like a Terminator rewatch, I'm kind of going to just separate this one from the first two. What do you mean? There's um, no consistency in the way they've written those movies or mm. sequence them together? <laughs> There's been six of them, and like four the of them timeline. are like number three. <laughs> oh, I feel your pain on that one. What, what do you think? Um, do you think they will leave this? Did they leave this one for like another movie, or is that it? Did they cap it off here? No, they tried to like spin it off, but the film just didn't take off at the box office. So even like if they wanted to continue it, unfortunately, I think like the next Terminator film, if there is one, will be like the third one again. We'll be like, okay, this takes place after the events of Judgment Day. Um, <laughs> and it's like, you know, like they, there's, there's some cool ideas. Like they could do something like a story after John Connor stops Skynet. And then it's like, oh, someone was like 
a Judas or something that like betrays them like 20 years after that, that they didn't know about. And then now the humans got to go back in time or something like that. Did you watch Terminator Salvation? Uh, No, that's that's one I haven't seen. Because that's the synopsis that you just gave. (laughs) Well, now I got to go watch it. You know, I've been like, there's a ton. I have like a list of ton of films I want to get through. But if they're out in 4K, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wait till I get that 4K. And unfortunately, Terminator Salvation is out in Europe in 4K, but not North America. So I'm going to have to like import it overseas and wait for a boat to come here or something. I don't know how they how they do <laughs> shipping it's, overseas. It's super these cool, days. man. That fanfic that you just came up with, you get to actually see the actual movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's awesome. This never happens. Wicked. <laughs> All right, boys. We're going to wrap this up for for this week. I had an interesting week. Mine, of course, stepping into the beyond and doing a bit of that Kijiji hunting. I managed to to score myself a nice little Ghostbusters haul this weekend. I got the, the ultimate visual history of Ghostbusters, so the films and the real Ghostbusters included in this. And with that, I got a little Funko Pop. And I also got a large kind of exclusive, I think it's Hikari. Funko Pop vinyl figure, and I got this all for forty bucks, and it's like amazing, one hundred and fifty dollars worth of stuff. <laughs> so I bought it with the intention of keeping the small pop and the book, and then flipping this other pop vinyl. It's a, quite a large; it's like a it's eight inch, nine inch statue, or a, yes, Marshmallow Man statue type thing. And so my plan is to flip it or trade it for more Ghostbuster stuff, but I couldn't couldn't turn this down. And it, the Kijiji hunt, man, it just. There ain't no shame, as you say, Troy, man. There ain't no shame in that. And, uh, that and then it continues. book alone, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a $70 book, and it's amazing. Yeah. it's And it's one of those books, too, you flip through, and it's got, like, the, the leaflets that come out and, like, the little pieces that is, like, replica merch or, like, ticket stubs or they've got, uh, what do you call it, like, the acrylic that you fold out when you're looking at different images and pictures of stuff. It's, like, one of those, like, proper, like, Star Wars did one called The Vault, a while back where it has all these little pieces that come with it that are meant to be like replicas of history and of drawings, everything. And yeah, I looked it up on chapters, like a $70 book on its own. And this thing was wow. sealed. Like it had never even been opened. Wow. A nice hardcover embossed. It, it's great. And so I like having these visual histories as accent pieces of collection. I love reading them, but they always look good. And as the way I'm, I'm kind of reorganizing everything as I go, I use the books as like nice divider pieces to bookend um, the collection pieces to separate out little things. And, and so it works out really well. And I was happy with that haul. And as Carlos said, him and I did a, a little socially distanced meetup at the local where I handed him off a few things. And uh, I found the remaining three turtles I needed, the NECA turtles, the re-releases. I'll put, our, uh, I'll put our boy Marty's there. And I'm doubling up on those because of the NECA accessory kit that is coming for those here in the next couple of months, which gives me head swaps and different hands and different accessories to put with them. And so I wanted kind of an original version, and then I wanted to do a swap out and all that. may seem excessive. But uh, that is the name of the game when it comes to my turtle collecting lately is excessive. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had to continue with that one. And uh, I also found, courtesy of my wife, the Mandalorian and Grogu Pez set. Oh, yes. <laughs> nice. Yes, and I picked one up for Carlos's daughter too. My wife, you know, she made all the arrangements. Look, a couple weeks, I bet maybe a couple months ago, she goes to this local candy shop and says, I'm looking for these Pez, like without me prompting her or anything. And the guy goes, okay, I'll call you when they come in. And she tells me a story. I'm like, oh, that's great. Thank you so much. Not expecting this guy to ever call. Over the weekend, he calls her and says, I got the Mando Pez in. And she says, I'll take two. <laughs> and so I like rush up there, grab them. He's like, these ain't going to last long. 
And so, so stoked to get my hands on those too. Like Mr. President coming through. Oh, it came through big time. Like I sent you the video of my daughter yeah. like, revealing those to my daughter. I just kind of left them on a counter and I was like, hey, go look over there. And I started filming her surreptitiously. And you should have just, her expression was <laughs> incredible. Awesome. Just lit up the entire, entire room. So she was very, very grateful. I don't even have to tell you. I sent you the video. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it was great. It was so, funny too because she said, uh, she saw the Instagram. I put it on Instagram on her at the Nerder M on Instagram, and she saw that and she was saying, I guess to, to your wife, oh, I really want these. Are gonna find them, and then the video is <laughs> was was driving great. around. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, no, thanks so much to Mrs. Nerdroom. Like that oh, was yeah. super sweet of you guys, and yeah, definitely made her night. So. Yeah, come on, I gotta help a fellow collector at always, always. Yeah, oh. that's right. Especially when it comes to Star Wars. This yeah, is like, of course. This is evil. I might have to leave this podcast because it's costing me so much money. Hey man, it's it's all it's all about the, the reciprocal buys. My daughter's got a whole bunch of DC stuff that keeps showing up on her front porch coming from the goddamn Bat Fam. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So guys, speaking about gifts, I got a, a quick tangent here before we jump off into DC Future State. Our good friend Kyle over at the Tumbling Saber sent us a little box of goodies a couple weeks back. And because we haven't had a chance to do a proper This Week in Nerd for like the last three episodes, this is the episode it lands on. Now, he's got some goodies in here, and he kind of leaves us with a little bit of a note. So he says, the Nerd Room crew, my dudes, here's a little something for the team to enjoy or not. One item within will be both loved and hated. I leave it to you to scrap it out. Thanks for all the great work you do. Cheers, Kyle. So first off, thanks to our, our great friend, Kyle. He's made appearance on the podcast. He's had us over there ton of fun there so go check them out but he's given us there's uh there's a few goodies here so i'm gonna start with the goodies that that he he sent me he sent me a couple things here so so he sent me a couple i'm gonna show the guys here not you know, well he sent you how do we know he sent you he may have because just sent it to all they're... of us and you just stole it <laughs> no they're they're pop heads so I'm, <laughs> I'm almost certain they're for me <laughs> well i collect them don't you know yeah, when you get Disney Plus, you can come talk to about <laughs> pop pets. So the other thing that he sent, which uh, which our our uh, our fans of the the Jackson Five are going to be quite excited about, I've got Ooh. two cans. What? Get out of here! Oh. 1984 from the Jackson's World Tour. These are Pepsi cans. Oh, is that Dude. the Victory Tour or what? Yes, oh my amazing! Gosh. Holy oh. smokes, Kyle! Thank Kyle! So these things oh. are Kyle. Amazing. Still and filled with Pepsi, so give him a Pepsi taste. Cola. These things are mm, lovely than baby. three of the people on the podcast here. <laughs> oh, that is wow. insane! So and I'm glad wild, there's man. two because if we had to fight things out, like that was going to get rough for me. <laughs> it was, it was. Uh, and was... the last thing that Mr. Kyle here, Mr. Tumbling oh. Savory self delivered was this guy. The what John Romita <laughs> Jr. <laughs> the Marvel all... part of John Romita Jr. with oh. With Spidey on the front. I think this is one he was referring to, which will be loved and hated. Oh, you see by Troy's man. reaction that this is likely going to land in his lap. <laughs> but it is, it's actually quite a beautiful book that he sent across. Wow. He's got a lot of covers and a lot of art of John Romita Jr. He's had a, quite a career in Marvel. Um, some of us oh. may have some issues with the way he does draw. Mm. But uh, the other Not one of this us guy. <laughs> has probably got a special place in his nerd room for that. So... First things first. Big thanks to Kyle. Kyle, yeah. you are a legend, man. A legend. Yeah. Can't believe those Jackson 5 cans. Yeah. Oh, I don't even amazing. know where you would have got those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, salute to Kyle because I remember going back and forth um, when Pepsi, I think a couple years back, they did like, I think a Madonna can and a Michael can and a couple other 
yeah. that they sponsored. And him and I were going back and forth on Twitter about that. And he he mentioned to me, and I think he even showed me the screenshot of some of those cans. So the fact that he hit us with those, like, Kyle, that is, like, primo. That's that's amazing. And then, come on, John Romano Jr., one of the best artists in the game, <laughs> his Captain America, his Spider-Man, his Fantastic Four, his Batman. Oh, the, Kyle, you're the best. The, you're sta- the, best, the statements he of Troy that. the Boy do not reflect <laughs> all the hosts on the No Room Podcast. <laughs> Staying out of this one. We love the enthusiasm, but may not share the same opinion. <laughs> but I do share the same opinion of, of Kyle being the greatest, man. This guy is, oh, yeah. is, a, is a world-class dude, a world-class podcaster, yeah. and mm. just one of the best guys out there. So, yeah. yeah. And we got to do more episodes with that guy. I was talking about uh, Carlos and Kyle and Corey and Rick. Everybody at Tumbling Saber, Saber, man. I really want to interact with you guys yeah. on the podcast tip. So, man, salute. Yeah. Salute. It's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Love that, guys. That's a great way to kick off the episode. And then I'm going to turn it now over to Troy and Carlos because we've got some DC yeah. future state. We've got this two-month event that kicked off here in early part of January, which all of DC has paused for. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is a big event. This is a big thing. You don't often see an entire comic line pausing for two months to tell a large story, twenty-four issue story, I believe, if you add up all the books. So I want I want you guys to sell this to me. I've made a commitment in the past that I'm going to jump into this digitally. Now I, I want this sales pitch. After you guys have dug into it, you know we talked about it in the past about the art, about the potential for the stories, and where this was going. Now that you've had time to digest a few issues up to this, the kickoff issues, often the most important issues of an event, I gotta hear your feedback, Carlos. Bring me up to speed a little bit here as to where you're at, what you're reading, and kind of your general feelings about this. And then Troy will do the same with you. Well, for you and the readers, I'll just uh, the little blurb that's in every single future state. So, the triumphant victory of our heroes saves all reality from the brink of destruction and shakes loose the very fabric of space and time. From the ashes of death metal rises new life for the infinite multiverse and glimpses into the possible unwritten worlds of tomorrow. So, that's like kind of the key piece with this whole thing is it's just a whole bunch of possibilities as to where things could go, what they were born from. And it's like this amazing gateway point for anybody that wants to start reading. And then talking with a couple of my friends that are retailers, they said the biggest buyers of this event have been Marvel fans who have been looking for this kind of gateway in. And he's like, yeah, this there's a bit of speculation because obviously there's going to be a pile of new or first appearances of characters. And that's kind of one of the things that gets those guys mm-hmm. hot and bothered. But uh, yeah, it's... It's been an amazing journey and to start now that we're kind of in week three uh, and I've read the first two weeks of books uh, of this event to see where they've taken it. And they've really leaned into the fact that there's infinite possibilities and um, that not everything takes off in the same place. Like the Nightwing that we meet in the Titans book is not necessarily going to be the Nightwing that shows up in his own book or uh, things like Wonder Woman the Wonder Woman that we meet in the Wonder Woman solo book may or may not have anything to do with what the Diana we know is is doing right now. So, so far, like, the books have all had merit. I haven't read anything that's been a super dud except for maybe the Flash book, but it did a few cool things, but it was just same old, same old Flash. Like, mm-hmm. for me, Flash, Iron Man, it's basically there's four stories <laughs> and they just tell them over and over and over again with... <laughs> like different cliffhangers like it's like oh get my butt kicked build a suit oh 
oh, well, this happened. Got to run fast in time. And oh, no, I <laughs> changed the time stream and I screwed things up. And now this is a new reality until we have to do it all over again. Like, ah. yeah, so don't do it again. Baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, that one was kind of a dud for me. But like even like last week, the Supergirl book or Superwoman book, I didn't love the story. But the art in this thing was absolutely beautiful. Like every image was captivating and they've gone with a whole bunch of uh, new and emerging artists and new talent behind the pencils. And yeah, I've I've really dug everything. Like I don't think there's been a single book that I've been, you know what, I shouldn't have spent the money on this. So yeah, Troy, we'll get into it, man. What's been your yeah, favorite man. so far, baby? Oh, okay. Well, you know, if we're going favorite, it's easily easily wonder woman yara um this is like hands down my favorite character brand new character of all time i'd have to say wow like, coming oh. off of, yeah coming off of like miles morales um coming off of uh what have we had you know we basically had um Riri williams we've had um so many just new characters have kind of been introduced to take on the mantle you know um and like completely original so i'm not talking about someone that's that's like stepped up to the plate like a like a dick grayson becoming batman but um Yara is amazing, man. She is so likable right off the bat. I, I mentioned to Carlos in the DM. Um, she kind of reminds me of like a confident, a um, little more less hot-headed Dante from Devil May Cry. Yep. But her world is kind of like this God of War, like where it's like, you know, if you're a fan of the Azarello, uh New 52 Wonder Woman, you're going to be right at home with this book. Just the universe that they set up in this one issue. I was blown away. She's so likable and so different from the Diana Wonder Woman that I've come across. I don't know if Diana's ever been written this way, but I'm immediately drawn to this character um, and the art. I think it might be my favorite book for looks. It's overall yeah. my favorite uh, Future State book, hands down, in my opinion. And um, like Carlos mentioned, it's kind of cool that it's not like we've now gone 15, 10 years into the future. And this is the world of DC in this 10 year, 15 year gap, you basically get like, so this book, uh, wonder woman, um, and she's not quite yet the wonder woman, but then you also can jump later on in like another five years or two years. And she's on the justice league. And then if you check out the other book with her and Superman, she's no longer on the justice league. So you kind of get like these different kind of time jumps, That's much cool. like even Batman as well. Batman, he's kind of starting off. And then when you go to justice league, he's like well established on the justice league. Um, so there's kind of these cool little mini time jumps after this 10 year, 15 year jump from, from death metal. Um, the art has been fantastic for pretty much every book that I've read. The color was amazing in the, uh, Superman and Wonder Woman book. Mm -hmm. Um, just some really cool, neat things going on here, man. The justice league was a really fun read. I like how they kind of set you up with like this new, um, Legion of doom. And you're like, okay, these are the guys. And as I'm reading, I'm like, really? These are like your legions of doom. And they go somewhere completely different. And oh. I was like, oh, awesome thank you thank you for what you've done i like this new direction very refreshing uh the dark detective with bruce wayne it's kind of what you would expect for like uh low-key bruce wayne not being batman anymore but the art again really stands out and kind of see bruce in a different light um familiar but just something that we haven't really seen too often and uh and i dug it all the way man uh, Robin Eternal is another one I was kind of skeptical of, but the end of what happens to Robin, I'm like, okay, this is different than your Batman Eternal, your Batman and Robin Eternal. This is something really, really yeah. neat. And um, I felt bad because I told Carlos, I felt bad that, listen, it's 10, 15 years later and Tim Drake is still nothing but 
Robin. He's not Batman. <laughs> he's not Drake. He's not, you know, Red Hood or uh, Red Robin. Sorry, he's he's still just repping Robin while every other Robin has grown out of that that mantle. But I see what they're doing here, and it's very very interesting. So my question is, I'd really like to see how successful this DC Future State can be. Will Marvel approach something like this? Because I would love to see Marvel adapt something like this. I feel like they kind of missed their window with that. Uh, Tim and I always talk about it, with that 2015 Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been the time to do something just like Future State. So I hope Marvel's. I hope Marvel's taking notes, man. Because I'm really digging this. I'm really digging what they're doing here. Yeah, man. And I can't wait to see Yara um, and a bunch of these other characters um, stick around in uh, the world of DC. The only one thing. Sorry, one quick thing here. The only thing reading the Batman, the next Batman book, the one thing when reading that book, I could not help but feel like, man, DC really didn't want us to know who Batman is. Yes. It's kind of unfortunate that we already knew who he was because as you were reading it, they kind of leave you these two different avenues of who could be under the cowl and, you know, just, you know, keeping up to date with everything that we've known going into future state. The bag was kind of out, right? We already knew. We we're kind of spoiled. We already knew who's under the cowl. And I really wish we could have held on to that secret a little bit longer because that would have been a cool reveal. Yeah, man, that makes me so happy. Like, I'm so stoked because, like, that Wonder Woman book, I wanted just the variant cover of it. So I was like, hey, can you, if you find this, can you buy it for me? And and so he he buys it for me. I was like, well, just read it. You have it in your hands. Might as well read it. The next thing I know, my DM is blowing up because this guy's in love. (laughs) <laughs> with, yeah. with Yara yeah. yeah yeah that's a funny story I wasn't even going to read the book and you're like yeah you might as well check it out and I was like the last one I read and I was like whoa this is amazing how did I read this last it's like it's my number one man it's my number one easily yeah that's, that's yeah. awesome it, 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 it's so cool to hear like that just extreme positivity out of all of that and this concept of you know you have a, a story an event that's being told but it's almost like it's however many years in the future, but then it's spanning so many years too, as well as you're saying, it's kind of jumping around to like an early Batman, early new Batman and jumping into different stuff and very intriguing. And, mm-hmm. and your point there, Carlos, about more Marvel people jumping in and, you know, save the speculators and all that on, on comic issues and first appearances and all that. But it does seem like a reasonable Avenue in that. I know it's only two months, but surely if this is a runaway success, you could see this continuing on in some form, right? Oh, yeah, like they've already announced like the next Batman is going to have a book continuing. I'm sure Yara will have a book. And the cool thing is, is like they gave some of their talent just a a blank check to go crazy with. So you're going to tell me that Joelle Jones is going to leave Yara Fleur on the (laughs) on the back burner and let somebody else write her? There's no way you read that book and every single panel, every word. It, you can feel the love in that thing. Oh, so, yeah, awesome. yeah, man. And I, I read all of it thus far. And even today, if you check out Twitter, I put up a pic. At, like, that's how excited I am for Future State is that I forced my family to eat dinner so that I could head to the comic store <laughs> and pick up my books on Tuesday, drive the manager home because he's got some health issues, and then get back to record tonight. But, like, that. That twenty-minute window is what I needed because I had to have that future state books in my hand because it's like, oh, dude, yeah, it's just oh. so it's just so cool and it's like your mileage may vary with a few of the books, but on the whole, like, there's nothing that I'd say you pick it up and you're like, man, I wasted the the six bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, no, yeah, that's awesome. What about you, Sunny man? You're gonna you're gonna jump into this, eh? Yeah, I have a bunch that are already uh, pulled for me. I just haven't got down to the shop. So listening to you guys talk about them and positively, 
I'm excited. You know, I'm going to probably go down this week now and pick them up because I want, I got uh, the Wonder Woman book pulled. I got Batman, Aquaman, Justice League, Superman. I think that's it. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's about it. So I have quite a bit pulled, so I'm excited to jump in and I don't want to get left behind because that's what happened to me last time is <laughs> I got too far behind. I just couldn't catch up. So I just said, screw it. So. Uh, do you know yeah. if, like, after Future State, if it's going to be, like, a fresh start? Like, everything kind of restarts again? Nope. Like, no? no, all the books will just kind of continue on. Like, Tinian will continue on the Batman stuff that he had laid the foundation for. And, like, all the books had arcs that kind of came to a, a natural close, but it wasn't mm-hmm. some kind of the, the universe's ending type of thing. It's just, like, right. Wonder Woman's finished her... Um, arc with versus max lord and mm-hmm. superman had finished the stuff that bendis was doing and yeah everything kind of had natural ends i know um kelly pseudoconic was doing aquaman and they ended that book like a couple months ago and mm-hmm. they were doing a few things with like aqualad and and mira and arthur's daughter and stuff like that so yeah like i, I made a bit of a reading like if if anybody wants so week one of future state the high recommend is obviously Wonder Woman based on what, um, like on Troy alone. I actually had it second yeah. on my list that I wrote here, but it had to go to number one. Like just <laughs> no messing around. And the next Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Batman. Yeah. I, I, can I say one cool thing about Batman too is because Batman is so genius because it's like, it's a fresh take on Batman, a new character in the role of Batman. But it feels like a year one. It feels like old school Batman. You know, when you think of like um, Commissioner Gordon, when he became Batman, he was very tech savvy. He had to rely on, uh, I think it was Rookie, right? His like tech, his Mm -hmm. like mech that he had. Um, When you look at Nightwing, in my opinion, he just became Batman, but better. Um, But here (laughs) we have, um, we have, I won't say who it is, but we have someone being Batman and it's very back to basics. It's not relying on technology. He's relying a lot of hiding in the shadows. Um, he has to run analog because he's in a world of such high technology as opposed to like Batman Beyond yeah. that he's kind of like low key and he's very to the streets. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. This is like early, early Batman in the world of like a, a 2099. You know, it's it's so cool how they did that because they just totally flipped it upside down. We're so used to seeing high tech characters in the future just monopolize off of like their the futuristic gizmos that they have. And this guy's like, no, I'm I'm back to basics in a world like this. It's yeah, it's so almost cool. like a Blade Runner world. But he's like, yeah, yeah man, I got to cool. kick it old school. Yeah. So Very yeah, cool. One Woman and and next Batman are the two recommends for that week, and then the. Honorable mentions, Harley Quinn. I love that book. Like it had such a cool look and the story that they tell with her character is perfect. It's not like anything you've seen and it kind of feeds off of the world that the new next Batman might be in, but maybe it doesn't, but it's just, it's a cool premise and the art is insane. It's got this cool anime look to it. And um, and it's drawn very cinematically. And then Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing might have been the strongest comic book comic book of that first week. But it, it's so far removed from everything Future State. Because when you want to talk like Scorched Earth <laughs> restart of things, like Swamp Thing took it to the nth degree. But it was it was a beautiful book and like super well written. And then the one to skip for sure, The Flash. That was... <laughs> And then week two, Justice League. Justice League was awesome. And like, Tim, for you, if you were going to buy one book just to sample what Future State's all about, 
I'll probably have to say go with Justice League okay. as your first read. And anybody out there, like it didn't come out week one, but I don't know, Troy, like what you think of that. But I kind of felt like it was just this perfect book to get the hype engine going and to get yeah. you excited. And um, and then, yeah, Bruce Wayne, Dark Detective. It's yeah. just cool Bruce Wayne and Dan yeah, Mora's art is wicked. Oh, I thought it was Jim Miz for a second. Yeah. Some panels, I had to look at that like, whoa, is that George? But um, yeah, I agree with you, man. The art was wicked in yeah. that book. And then uh, Teen Titans, I really like. Mileage may vary with Teen Titans, depending on how much you know about the characters. But they did some cool storytelling. And this was one, I think this one really sh- showcased what they were going for in that not everything has to be a direct line from what went before. Because we don't know what's happened. And there's like wacky stuff like... Cyborg and Beast Boy are amalgamated into one character. It's not really a spoiler. It's like the second page that they show that. But um, yeah, and you don't know what's going on with this world. And like Dick Grayson's in a pretty dark place. And it's pretty cool. But that one, you might need a bit more knowledge. And then honorable mentions for that week, Superman Wonder Woman. It's probably a recommend. Like it was it was cool. And like what they do with Yara. And it, it had that Azarello feel with what her story was going on. And the John Kent Superman in that one, it was way better than his solo book in week one. And yeah, the solo book, his was kind of weak, actually. Yeah. That first one. Uh, yeah. It, they tried to yeah. do too much. and like Yeah, way too much. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Robin Eternal, Troy touched on. And then, yeah, the, the skips for me that week, like Green Lantern Corps was okay. And uh, Supergirl was, it, it was okay. The, the story didn't light my shorts on fire, but I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't written for me, but yeah, not much to go wrong with. But uh, like, I, I'll almost guarantee, like, if you buy the kind of the four or five books that are recommended off those first two weeks, like, you won't feel like you wasted your money. So awesome, man! Well, I'm gonna jump into it this week. I think now that you've laid that out and that hype train that you guys have uh, got going here through the podcast, I, I don't think there's any denying that that you, anyone will have some success and, and some passion and love around these books. So awesome, guys! I appreciate you you give me that little pitch. And I hope the, yeah. the listeners out oh, there no get worries. that too. Yeah. Well, I like, I don't know. I, I think it's exciting when people try new things mm-hmm. that, that are an easy gateway. Like I'd hate to recommend something to somebody and be like, and here's a bunch of Wikipedia pages and here's yeah. a bunch of <laughs> <laughs> Cole's notes. Yeah, exactly. So. Here's 600 books that you need to get through before you can jump into this. No, it, yeah. uh, it gets really good after 600 books. Yeah. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta really grind through them. <laughs> Well, let's keep this hype train going, guys. And Troy, this is something that that you need to bring yeah. me up to speed on here because this is pretty yeah. fresh news. And and we're gonna get into kind of the return section of the podcast because we've got a, a few returning characters and an, a returning show here, Batman the Animated Series. Mm. This is uh, this is fresh news to me, and I guess you can online talking about this for for this evening. And I haven't seen much of this, so bring me up to speed here. Bring listeners up to speed. What's going on with Batman and the Animated Series? Yeah, well, you know, just piggybacking off of uh, Carlos there, he uh, he shooted out a tweet, and it looks like that we're getting, um, at least for HBO Max, they are getting a sequel sequel series, I'll say, to Batman the Animated Series, because originally we had the Batman the Animated Series, and then we had Batman the New Adventures, which had, like, the new Robin, so then we're getting a sequel to that, which would take place before Batman Beyond, the Animated Series, if you're still with me there. Um, <laughs> this looks really cool, man. Uh, it's going, coming exclusively, yeah, to uh, HBO Max. Um, Sonny did mention to me though he wouldn't be surprised if it did come to Cartoon Network 
mm-hmm. Canada and possibly Crave as well with that HBO kind of package. Um, this is huge news, man. I feel like this is a show that's never really died down, even off air. Whether it comes to the comic books, uh, there's actually a continuation series right now in the comic books. Uh, basically, it's like a Red Hood series that's going on right now that started, I think, early 2020. Um, and then the DC Direct line, yeah, it's dead. But before it died, which wasn't too long ago, they were pumping out massive um, Batman the Animated Series uh, action figures. And then also with Tom McFarlane's line, he's also pumping mm. out the action uh, the action figures. So there's always been a huge fan base for this series, even going off into the uh, Batman Beyond. So, man, listen, hearing this news has me extremely excited extremely excited and i think a lot of people out there too so um i hope this is true man fingers crossed this comes to us because i think this would be amazing having kevin conroy return Mm -hmm. in the role of batman um some people's favorite batman and also mark hamill himself yes coming back as the joker i mean oh this is amazing uh i would just love to see this i don't know if it's going to kind of piggyback off of the uh, comic book run that's been going on right now or if it's just going to do its own thing i don't care either way i cannot wait to see this series because this is where it all began harley quinn man she debuted in this series this would be amazing it's where a lot of it began for for a lot of us too you know Mm -hmm. where batman that was like my other than the 66 stuff of course and the 89 that was a bit dark for me but animated series is where i got my you know degree in batman (laughs) that's where i learned about the villains and everything right and look you're talking about mark hamill we got to find a new place for him to employ that joker voice now that trump's at office too (laughs) (laughs) so so guys what do you guys think of this sonny carlos man jump in here batman animated series returning to hbo max utilizing the streaming service this platform to create stories that we may have not seen on a cartoon network or anywhere else and so that's one thing that streaming i think we have to highlight here is it's it's given us this opportunity and avenues to tell stories that we may have never gotten like the return of the animated series is something that I probably even wouldn't have predicted yesterday if you had have told me that. But it is oh, pretty man. cool to see what they're doing. So amazing. Like I have such a deep love for this series because it's like it's that handshake from like the OG comic readers like me. The animated series did the most beautiful and perfect interpretation of those stories and introduced them to a new generation. And so there's you guys that might have never read any of the stuff from the 80s and 90s or 70s, 80s and 90s for that matter of fact, but you've experienced all these stories and it's like the perfect Batman. If you want to know what the fundamental core of Bruce Wayne Batman is, it is the Batman and Batman the Animated Series. It is the perfect Batman. So for that show to be coming back and for guys like Paul Dini to still be around the company and Bruce Tim to still be around the company and obviously Conroy and Hamill being around like, yeah. And there's a ton of stories and like, I'd love to see them go back to the old wells, love to see them adapt the new mm-hmm. material. This is amazing, amazing news. And man, kudos to HBO max. Like they put Batman, the animated series and Batman beyond on their service, moving it over from the, now defunct DC universe. And it was Jason Killar was promoting those. And he must've seen the bumps and the excitement around those series. Cause it was within weeks of them adding those series to HBO max and probably looking at the numbers, looking at the online buzz, green lighting this thing. Awesome. Like that's the way you do business. Yeah. Like good for you guys. You, you guys uh, got some black eyes in recent months. So <laughs> we, we'll give you some props here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah very very exciting sunny man you got to be on this, this hype train too man this is gotta oh, have been one of your first introductions to this character 
Absolutely, yeah. Every Saturday morning watching this, X-Men and Spider-Man, like, the lineup was perfect. You just couldn't yeah. improve on that. Like, that's perfection. And the good thing with Fox is they could get Marvel and DC back in the day. Um, this, this show, though, thing I'm most excited for is, like, there's been a ton of awesome Batman stories since the show went off the air that they could now tell. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that I remembered about the anime series, Carlos, you brought up a good point. is like, like Bane came out in the comics. I remember him coming out in the comics and then like, it wasn't that long until he was showing up in the animated series. And I was like, what? That's, that's crazy. Like I remember the episode where he came in and shit. And like, I was like, that's so cool. Like that, the, you know, such a fresh character. And X-Men did that too, where they would take like, storylines from the comics and just put them onto the screen and i can't wait like a court of owls episode with um mm-hmm. batman the anime series um and i think like for me the thing that i'm probably most excited for is like my daughter's now she's turning five in uh, a couple months here is that she'll be like right at the prime age to like watch these like we watch batman beyond and like episode here or there or like batman the anime series like the old reruns because I got like the the Blu-ray disc set, um, but for this to come out and like for us to like experience it together at the same time while it's coming out, it's gonna be something special, man. It's, cool. it's something that like like you know a lot of stuff that's like coming out is like I can't really experience it with her because it's for like a more mature audience. You know what I mean? So like to have this is super cool, and um, you know I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's very exciting, man. It's an exciting time to be a nerd because these streaming service platforms has provided an entirely different way to develop, produce, execute, and then consume stories. And we're going to talk about one here in just a few minutes that I am absolutely hyped about. But before we get there, we got to talk about a few other things that could be returning to various comic book universes and two of them being characters out of the MCU. Now, there's been some rumors floating around recently, some rather persistent rumors in the case of one, that we're going to see two characters return to the MCU that have had what appear to be on-screen ends to their characters. Maybe not directly on-screen, but some inference that we're not going to see this character continue. And Deadline reported this past week that Chris Evans is expected to appear again as Steve Rogers, Captain America, at least one more time, and maybe opening door to a second film. Now, in this article, they make reference to him playing a similar role to Downey post-Iron Man 3, where this isn't going to be a Captain America story, but he could be filling a void of a mentor or of someone that can carry a a smaller or lesser-known comic book character and, and give them a little bit of a bump. In the same fashion, I guess, and... Maybe it's maybe it's less about the little known comic book character, but just a property that needs a little bit of a spike in that and some guiding through the MCU. And this is extremely exciting news to me. Seeing Captain America, Chris Evans potentially reprising that role. They have to be careful here. And I'm going to combine this, this whole news segment here with the other one. that this We've heard this before and we've discussed this before, is the potential for Michael B. Jordan returning as Killmonger in the Black Panther series. Now, this is a character that seemingly had an off-screen death. He had a relatively robust narrative and character follow-through in Black Panther. And the potential to bring this character back to maybe fill up some of the void left by the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman. 
Now, the two things that both these characters return returning to the MCU highlight for me is both of them have great potential, but they also have the potential, and this is where I think Marvel needs to be careful, they have the potential to step on the stories that were told before. Captain America has probably one of the best all-encompassing arcs in the MCU. Killmonger, a character that played the main antagonist in Black Panther and arguably one of the best antagonists, best villains, has a story that is meaningful inside of that movie. Now, you take him out and bring him back potentially as more of a protagonist, it starts to maybe tread on what was done before. So what I want to get out of you guys here out of this discussion is a bit of the hype level, excitement level for the potential returning of Captain America and maybe even Killmonger, but also what you think this could do for storytelling and where Marvel Studios needs to be careful when considering using the tools that they have there, the multiverse, the in-between storytelling, the flashbacks. What can they do with these characters that is safe? So Troy, man, Captain America yep. coming back into to maybe not even wearing the shield, but maybe acting as that U.S. agent, that Nick Fury, and then Killmonger mm-hmm. also coming back and potentially, you know, could he don the Black Panther uniform? Could he become? Could he hold up that mantle? What are your thoughts on those? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think I think both have been, I think both have been pretty highly speculated in the first place, mm-hmm. and I think none would be surprising. Uh, Captain America, I mean, he's Captain America, and he's Chris Evans did such a phenomenal job yeah. with that role. Um, it would only make sense that we'd see him again pop up um, eventually. Um, whether he did kind of pop up like he did in, uh, what was it? I think Bendis' run when he was like old man cap yeah. a little bit, but he was kind of like the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be a core role to see for a little bit, but I'd love to see him come back in his like, you know, his 35, 36, 37 year old self and uh, and kick some kick some ass. So um, I wouldn't be surprised, man. Mm-hmm. Honestly, where the where MCU's been going and has been going, I won't be surprised if he came back in like a Secret Wars. Um, you know, back in his youth, Battle World, going mm-hmm. at it, man. Like I, I want to see that because listen, when you watch the end of Endgame and you see that man going up against a whole army mm-hmm. of Thanos's people, that's the guy to lead, man. That's that's not just Captain America. That is like to me, that's like the face of the MCU. Yeah. And I would love to see that guy come back on Battle World and, and just handle business. So Cap's good. Um, Killmonger is 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 a funny one. He's one that um, I felt like Marvel did something really funny when they killed him off in the mm-hmm. first place. I feel like they they're kind of regretting killing him off in the first place, uh, whether Chadwick Boseman's passing or not. I feel like that's someone they're like, shoot, we should have held on to him longer. That's I mean Michael B. Jordan is just he's such a a huge phenomenal actor and he's just up and coming. He's just getting better and better. But to make that guy Black Panther, I've said in the past too, that would be that would be weird just because again, that's like that's like Bucky becoming Cap. You've had this known terrorist mm-hmm. and he's now your flagship of Wakanda or your flagship of the USA. So um I would be surprised if he kind of popped up in like the what's it, like the astral plane yeah. they have? Is that where the other Panthers are? Because he was a king at one point. So it would kind of make sense if he did kind of pop up there and maybe he's just kind of calmed down now. He's at ease with things. Maybe then, if you kind of seated him back somehow in the next film and he popped up, still not as a Black Panther, but just somebody that's back, that's okay. Um, I don't know. Either way, if he comes back, it's okay. I just don't want to see him as the Black Panther. And that's 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 my guy. I mean, I do yeah. all his stunt tricks you know, on set every now he and does. then. That's my dude. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just don't know how I feel about him coming back 
in the role of um, not necessarily T'Challa, but just the Black Panther. Yeah, it, yeah. both of them, I agree with your your sentiment yeah. there. Cap, it, it's important that they have a specific role for him and mm-hmm. kind of that mentor leadership role doesn't make a lot of sense. And I share the same worries with Killmonger too, right? Like, how do you make this work? I like your idea. I never really thought about that, but Astroplane, you know, is he guiding Shuri maybe in some mm-hmm. fashion? You know, can they leverage him there? Because they have the Kugler connection too to Michael yes. B. And Kugler's still on this property. He's rewriting it. And one thing that that we talked about in the past too is, you know, what does what does Bozeman's absence do? You know, Feige has been adamant, and he said it several times the last couple of weeks that they will not recast, they will not do CGI. That character, Black Panther, T'Challa, is at least for the foreseeable future, we're not going to see that character on screen. Um, and so, what do they do to fill that void? And I get in part that bringing Captain America back in some fashion. And bringing Killmonger back may be a a pivot to help fill some of that space. You know, I think Bozeman was meant to be the guy they were going to build the MCU around, right? You know, based off his character, where he was going at the end of Endgame, you know, his appearance in Endgame, it's even Infinity War, right? Like he had an important role to play, and so I'm not sure if some of this is is being done to compensate for that. Carlos, bad thoughts on? on these two characters potentially return to the MCU. Yeah. Like it, I think it's cool. Like it has the potential to be good. Um, and I can certainly echo your sentiments as to the passing of Bozeman, probably being the catalyst for this move. I, I really hope that if Chris Evans is coming back, that he doesn't walk on Anthony Mackie yeah. being given a chance to shine in the role of captain America. Like, and not just because I'm the goddamn Falcon of the Nerd Room podcast, but like I'm really excited to see yeah. Sam take the shield on and what they do with that. And I think there's some interesting stories to tell there. But if you have like a viable Steve Rogers, Captain America waiting in the wings, that'll always undermine yeah, 100%. it. 100%. So my hope is that he comes in and he's, if he's going to be a mainstay in the MCU, that he's old man Steve Rogers mm-hmm. and be it as the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. or just as a, a mentor who's not necessarily a frontline hero, but not part of S.H.I.E.L.D. and dancing to Fury's Fife either. So I, I think there's a role for him there. As far as Eric Killmonger, like I agree with Troy that it's going to be weird because the whole story that you told in the mm-hmm. first movie was how this guy was unfit to be the ruler of Wakanda based on his worldview and mindset, and you've killed him. But with real-world circumstances, like maybe they kill or have an off-screen death for T'Challa in the Black Panther movie, and for whatever reason, he comes back, and maybe it's a redemption story for him where he Mm -hmm. takes on the mantle of the Black Panther in a way that honors the memory of T'Challa. Like, that could work. Um but at the same time, I think the common expectation is that Shuri takes on the role. So, yeah, I'll be curious to see if there's some weight to that rumor and then what they do with it. Maybe it is something as simple as being in the Valley of the Kings or, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. It kind of it kind of came out of nowhere because I put that one to bed a little bit. Yeah. And, but, yeah, they're they're in a tough spot. For sure. Yeah. I think they're even in a tougher spot by them kind of putting themselves. I, I mean, people have their different opinions, but by putting themselves in that box, kind of like the Leia thing, right? Mm-hmm. When um when Carrie Fisher passed away and they're like, we're not doing any CGI and we're not recasting. Okay. But at least her 
time as Leia was kind of ending, whereas Bozeman's was just beginning. And to shut down T'Challa here, they really put themselves in that tight box of like, okay, well then what do you, what do you do since you're not going to recast, right? Well, and it's like, yeah. you know what? It's beautiful to honor him mm-hmm. and to that be his legacy. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like he's a pretty important character. And exactly. you're, you're depriving an audience and like a, a generation and a culture who's been starved for these kind of heroes. Exactly. Um, of that character, like T'Challa, like, like I've always said, like regardless of if they're living or dead, like the characters are bigger than these actors and bigger than the companies that run them. So it's yeah. like, I think it's important to have T'Challa on screen and the Black Panther as a hero for these kids. I think it's yeah. important to have Cyborg around and like, who cares about politics and mm-hmm. actors and whatnot? Like you need yeah. to put these characters on the screen the right way for the right reasons. So yes. yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like I, I understand why, but at the same time to draw such a definite line yeah. in the sand, like I, yeah. and I don't think Feige's the kind of guy to go back on that. So it, yeah it's a good point too because both these conversations come with some social impact right with the mm-hmm. importance of black panther and what that did culturally but also like you mentioned carlos sam wilson as captain america there is a story i believe is going to be told inside of falcon and winter soldier that reflects a lot of what we saw throughout 2020 now into 2021 with some of the social upheaval we're seeing and and some of the the real lines that have been drawn that still shouldn't exist in, in this day and age. And I think the commentary that both of those franchises can offer up is extremely important to put onto screen. And, and both of them, you don't want to see any of that undermine by any of this and captain America. And I, and I I agree with you there too, is you can't have him sitting there with the shield in his hand. You, You have to let that pass off to, Anthony Mackie's Falcon happen and continue and progress the way it was meant to. It is, yeah. it was a, is a beautiful ending to that. And it got everyone hyped for what is the next step for Falcon, Sam Wilson and, and really becoming captain America, I believe towards the end of, of that show. And you put Evans back into a role. Like my hope is, is that Evans simply just says, or captain America, Steve Rogers says that's I'm, that's not who I am. You know, this is the, this is my role. I don't, I won't even touch the shield. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even having him as a mentor role, like that's cool. But like my dream would be for Isaiah Bradley to be mm-hmm. the mentor to Sam Wilson mm-hmm. as opposed to mm-hmm. Steve Rogers. Cause yeah. like we've had that story and we've had that relationship and you could kind of infer that he's passed everything he can yeah. on to Sam. Well, and that Which was is the why ending, he picked right? Him. It was yeah. like basically like I've taught you everything. The last thing you need is the shield to be Captain like, America. Yeah, and if like if Sam's base of operations be at just some loft in New York somewhere, and like Isaiah lives in an apartment in that building, like that that's a way cooler, more compelling story to me than it's like we have Chris Evans and we'll do that because people cheer and blah, blah, blah kind of thing. So, and I'm going to be cheering for it. Like I, I love Evans yeah. in that role, but I understand the importance of these characters being developed in the right way and not shortcutting your way back to Evans as captain America and sidelining these characters that, that need to be on screen and have their due and get their time in front of 
the viewers and of the audience and have their stories told. There's like I said, there's real a real social impact and and I think a proper way to do all of this stuff. Sonny, man, what's your take on this stuff? Although you're yeah, never going to see Captain America or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but... I'll see it eventually. I'll see it eventually. I mean, <laughs> there's some talk of them getting Blu-ray releases, so we'll see. Um, you know, whatever uh, they decide to do, I just hope it's done um, tastefully and it like it's organic. It's not forced. Uh, Chris Evans, you know, tackling that one first... Uh, It'd be like I'm a big fan of Chris Evans as Captain America. He was perfect as uh, Captain America. My only concern is like if he comes back in like the mentorship role as like the older guy. It's like, but DC's doing that with Batman and Michael Keaton. So <laughs> why would they do that the same, right? So do something else. Don't uh, don't don't copy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Feels like a deeper conversation we're going to have here maybe in March or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Um, no, man, like, I'd like to see him back, but, you know, he did have, like, a fitting ending, and maybe it, it won't be um, a present-day thing. Maybe it'll be, like, a prequel thing, or maybe it'll be, like, um, like a side mission where it's, like, okay, after, after Winter Soldier, he had one other mission that he did, you know, kind of thing, and it's, like, okay. So this was all before, like, Endgame and Infinity War, so that would be kind of cool. Um, get like another cap story um, with um, Michael B and uh, Killmonger. You know, you guys already touched on it. Like he, he, they, we saw him die um, in Black Panther. So to bring him back would be kind of weird. We didn't see um, him die. It was implied that <laughs> it was he an, was dying. It, it was heavily inferred. Yeah, like I mean, if if it turns out that you know he survived somehow, and like maybe someone like found him and then like healed him back. Okay. Um, and then maybe like you guys touched on like a redemption story and something like that. Like that'd be kind of interesting where it's like, he's kind of like learned from his digressions and he's like, okay, now. Um, and then like, if, if something, you know, if um, Black Panther dies in the MCU Kachala, maybe then he, that'll be like, kind of like a, like a wake up call to him or something being like, Oh, like I can't be Killmonger. I got to change my ways kind of thing. It could, that could work. Like I don't really know too much about the character outside of what I saw in Black Panther. To be honest with you, I don't know if that's like within his character or not. But you know, make him more kind of like the anti-hero where he's kind of like reverts from being like mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know the yeah, tropes. So. They've certainly done like kind of softer versions of yeah. the extreme king that he was in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how this stuff develops because, you know, as we start to roll into phase four here and eventually into phase five, this is where these stories that we're just talking about are going to be told. And a lot of this stuff is going to production or has already been through production. And I will lay down one guarantee. Captain America, Steve Rogers, Chris Evans shows up at the end of Black Widow. Guarantee it. I put it right there. As it leads into Infinity War, bearded Captain America, I guarantee he shows up. And this isn't what they're talking about. I believe that this is, well, of course, this was filmed like two years ago or whatever, but I guarantee yeah. Secret Avengers shows up. Falcon and well, Captain America. We'll see you in a couple of weeks on Disney Plus. Yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see guys. in theaters. See it in theaters. <laughs> nah, Disney Plus, man. <laughs> All right, speed on Disney Plus and the MCU, guys. We are going to jump in to our WandaVision discussion. Episodes one and two dropped this past week. It is the return of the MCU. It is the first iteration of 
the utilization of Disney Plus as a storytelling tool in the MCU, where we have episodic stories being told week to week, shorter episodes, utilizing the characters that we've seen somewhat in the background of Avengers films and other films. You know, some of them have had some fairly good character development, but this is a time when we get to really roll out and consume these these characters in a very different way, in a different style. And for the MCU to really lay in front of us what they're going to be focusing a lot of efforts on. Six shows this year, guys. And we're kicking it off with WandaVision. And then we've got our four movies, too. And so we're going to jump into a discussion here. So we're going to go full spoilers right off the bat. Whoa, some of us hasn't seen it. Well, Sanjay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to let you guys talk about it cuz eventually I will see this so I don't want to get spoiled or anything. So, I'm going to jump off here. I'm leaving. So, I will catch you guys next week. All right, see you. Have a good night, buddy. We love you. All right, my man. See Take care. All right, guys. Now with with Sanjay departing here, we have an opportunity to go full spoilers. So, guys, for those that are listening and have not seen WandaVision, we're not going to hold anything back here. We're going to go full spoilers. Um, we're going to open up the lines here to, to talk in quite a bit of detail. Now, Carlos and I did a little bit of a guest appearance on the Vigilante 1939 podcast this past week. We did a live stream with them. So that's available up on Let's Go's YouTube page, as well as in the V93 podcast feed. So you go check out our raw reactions there. And some of our thoughts. But now that we've had some time to digest WandaVision, episode one and episode two, and now that we're joined by Troy the boy here, we've got an extra voice at the table. And I've got some different thoughts that I've developed after watching it for a second time. And so we're going to jump into kind of our, our first impressions on the aesthetic and the development of this TV show and the way that they presented it. And then we're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive into the characters and then where we think this is going based off of some of the Easter eggs that we've seen, based off of some of the inferences from Wanda herself, from Vision, and how they're constructing this narrative to be a real mystery, this Marvel mystery box that we all know and love. This show exemplifies not only the use of the Marvel mystery, but also of Easter eggs and subtleties of of real intrigue that I'm absolutely loving. So Troy, give yeah, us man. give us your first thoughts here. Sitting down watching WandaVision episode one and two. We've got this sitcom nature, black and white, yeah. this Dick Van Dyke, leave it to Beaver, I love Lucy sort of feel to it. How did you feel how this was presented? This is a real sideways shift for the formulaic at times presentation that we've seen of Marvel characters, the MCU films. This is this is way different than what we've seen before. So how was it for you? Okay, so going into this whole thing, even from watching it, um, I was never extremely hyped for this one. My expectations have been kind of low. I went in with like that solo kind of um, um, <laughs> anticipation. And, and it worked well for me when I did it with Solo. I like that movie. Um, this one here, um, the first episode I liked. The first episode was a lot of fun. Um, I've, I mean, I, I'm a kid of like the late or the early 90s, um, late 80s, right? Saved by the Bell was my jam. Not necessarily um, I Dream a Genie or Bewitched. But when I saw them, I thought these were kind of cool episodes. And the first episode really reminded me a lot of those. And some of the humor, I was like, this is kind of cool. This, this is kind of fun. Um, but I got to say, it started to wear off for me when it got to the second episode. The second episode, I was kind of like, you know, what? if this was a comic book right now, this would have been really, really cool in the first, like, three 
um, pages. And then after, I want to get a little more uh, deep into the roots. And um, it really started to wear on me a little bit there. I like like the direction they're going. And I guess I'll be able to really critique this whole show once I see the whole mm-hmm. the whole series. It's really hard for me to kind of go because we've never really had anything like this, right? It's it's really hard to do like a review or a breakdown on a sitcom mm-hmm. that gives you two minutes of in-depth MCU content <laughs> that we we crave, right? It's it's really different. And I and I really commend uh Marvel for doing this. I really like that they've done something so different from anything we've seen out there from the CW to the to the WB to the Star Wars, anything out there this is really, really original in, in a sense, right? For, for a Marvel superhero property. Um, I really like seeing um, uh, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen's uh, characters together. These two look like they're having a mm. blast on set. It looks like they're having a lot of fun. Um, but I can't really say I get to know these characters more than I did in the movies because who they are in this, this world isn't really like the Wanda yeah. that she <laughs> is. And it's definitely not the Vision that we that that we know um so again man like i said it's really hard to kind of break down but i i I like what they're doing i really feel like the show is obviously going to make a big change once we get to probably episode four or five how many episodes nine six nine yeah so i really feel like it's going to change drastically once we get to that episode four or five kind of mark but um all around man it's it's really interesting the easter eggs are cool um you know like like the helicopter mm-hmm. landing like you know what i mean i guess we'll get into a little bit more here but um there are some really cool things to kind of pick up on and man was i ever glad when we got some color i was really really happy when we got some color going you on know show. it's interesting your, your points <laughs> that it's, it's, it's so it's funny like maybe the giver is like the giver all over again i was like come on like it's black and white world let's let's yeah. get some color in here because you know? i know i know where you're coming from because like yeah. When the first episode ended, and you get yeah. the teaser image for the next episode, and I saw yeah. that it was like another '50s type show, I must have looked like Obi Wan Kenobi when he saw Qui Gon get stabbed. Because I was like, "No, <laughs> not, not another one." <laughs> it's and it's interesting because yes. you, you you guys bring up a good point, and you know you go back to our V ninety three episode with the boys here and coming off raw and I'm I'm through the roof ecstatic about this and I'm still it's like I freaking love everything that was being put down here but I do agree with you guys that although the aesthetic is extremely well done and I find it quite appealing and engaging if they had a bled into color halfway through the second episode I think like I almost feel like yeah they went a little too far like you'd almost think the reason they released two episodes was to get through into the color version because I think they needed to do this one. If they're going to really commit to this sitcom style of release and the intrigue that it's building, they did it. But it's almost, yeah, let's let's jump a little bit further. And because we have nine episodes, you know, I think in hindsight, we're going to look back and say, yeah, these first two episodes are fine in black and white because this is all we've got to chew on. I think mm-hmm. that we're looking back on it more holistically than maybe we should. And that in the nine episodes, these two are going to feel like they're very quick. It was, let's get introduced to the style. Let's get through this little first bit. And then we'll kind of go from there. Because this really sets the stage for where we're going. But like you said, Troy, it only gives us, you know, a couple minutes, a couple little twists as to what is actually going on. It's meant, I think, more to build the intrigue. But I do agree with you. If I had to give it that one critique, it is that maybe this era dragged a little long because they're about 22 minutes 44 minutes of this the 
it, you probably could have shifted gears a little bit quicker. Carlos, thoughts on that? Pick up that thread. Well, I was just a little surprised. Like I, I thought it was extremely well done. Mm-hmm. Like it was perfect. Like I, I'm generations removed from these shows yeah. ever being on. But like my parents used to watch this type of stuff a lot mm-hmm. because when they were kids. Um, they were both born and raised in Africa. So like the programming there was always 10 to 15 years behind what they were showing in the States. So when these shows would show up on TV here, they get excited and like into it. So we'd be stuck watching them. So being familiar with them, I appreciated just how far they went into being faithful to the TV shows of the time and like making sure that those tropes were realized and doing some of the shtick like the the women's magazines and the separate mm-hmm. beds and all that kind of thing, but that they committed to the shtick and they did all those kind of things twice in their entirety over two episodes. It's like, come on. Like I, when we got to vision in the office in the first episode, I was like, Holy, we're doing this. Like we're just yeah. doing a full show and we're not yeah. going to see the seams at all. And like, you kind of get that little piece, at the dinner table. And it was, it was almost kind of like my complaint with one Roman 84 where it's like, this is cool. And I get that this excites you producer people, but like <laughs> it, it's indulgent at this point in time. Cause it's like, I don't know. Like, so I've watched the three episodes like three times or the two episodes, three times. Like I watched them, my wife and my oldest watched them together and I was around and my youngest watched them. And it's like, I don't know. Like, it didn't really it didn't really appeal to me for rewatching and stuff like that mm. like it was it's kind of like the most marvely thing ever where it's like here's here's this product and what's going to sell you is the easter eggs that we have for the next thing yeah yeah as opposed yeah. to what this is so yeah. like and i don't mean to be that guy but i maybe i'm just excited because i got troy here for backup it's like <laughs> Because I'll be that guy. Yeah. I'll be that guy. But, no, because the most exciting MCU fan yeah. ever, and you know, yeah, and and, and you know, yeah. I know when I have my blinders on. I fully admit that <laughs> that uh, I I'm probably not the best person to be in front of a review. Of oh man, a- Friday was the Batman in the land of unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> like it, it was insane. <laughs> but the the thing that I guess the the aesthetic we can agree that universally that. You know, they they committed to it. They did it, Nailed and it. it's it. yeah. it's what does the aesthetic and what does all this do? Because in in all of this, I find that they committed to that end of it, but Lizzie Olsen and Paul Bettany also commit to it. I find both of them, their acting shines through on this. Their chemistry, like you said, Troy, is palpable, mm. and I like that we get a bit of Vision and a bit of Paul Bettany. Right, you know, we had mm. kind of expected that it would be like vision for two seconds, and then it'd be all Paul Bettany, so they didn't have to do the makeup. Yeah, but yeah. we get quite a bit of both, not in color, but we get quite a bit of both, which I find I find they sell as much as the atmosphere that they've been put in. Like they pull off the I Love Lucy, all this kind of stuff. Like they, to me, are a big piece as to why, for me at least, these first couple of episodes work in the era that they put them in. If they didn't have both of them doing a little bit of the exaggeration and all that, I, it, you probably wouldn't have bought into it, or at least I wouldn't have bought into it as much. So I have to heap a ton of praise on both of them, of course. But but what is what are we here for? You know, We're here to talk about what this progresses in the MCU. Like, 
I think when we get to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we're going to get that Marvel storytelling that we all know and mm-hmm. love. And we're going to be dumped yeah. into the deep end, into the action, into the character development and all this. But this is your, really your slow burn of a story. Mm-hmm. And Troy, I want to get your take, and we'll talk about the Easter eggs and bring anyone you want in, but, but yeah. what do you think from the first two episodes is happening inside of this? Like, what is this story about? Yeah, you know, it's um, it, it's really easy to say um, House mm-hmm. of M. Right. And, and, and I, I definitely feel like there's probably um, bits of that going on, but I feel like there must be something with it's Wanda that set up this whole thing still, or someone else has set up this thing. But basically I feel like there's some kind of world that she's in and um, other people are kind of entering without her control. Maybe um, I can't remember who it was, but I did see, I won't take any credit for this, but I did see one real cool theory that it's, it's Wanda that's working on Vision or somebody's working on Vision. Hence why the whole world we see is black and white, much like we see Vision at the end of Infinity War. He's now drowned out in black and white, oh, right? Okay. And now once they start fixing him, we see the color come back on because Vision's Ooh, now maybe being fixed. I like that. I did hear that one and I thought, oh, shoot, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, it's interesting too, right? Seeing like Wanda finds the helicopter with the sword mm-hmm. shield, which is obviously uh, Monica Rambeau's character's um, she's a pilot right like much like her mom so maybe like she flew in and crashed into this world of hers and now she magically appears and like as a viewer we're meant to believe that she's always been there right but maybe she actually just kind of crash landed in and she's now somehow um connected to wanda right through this world so there's all these kind of little neat things going on but um what's going on really like like who the heck knows like like is is mefesto the other guy in the screen that's controlling this thing is mefesto involved um i mentioned before that i'm not really a fan of mefesto because i kind of feel like he messes things up um i don't know man it's 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 so hard to tell exactly what's going on i feel like we just don't have enough because with the mcu right we watch a movie we get enough to really dive in and theory craft. Whereas this is like a show, 20 minute episodes. Um, there's not too much you can really theory, theory craft off of. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's different, man. You know, it would have been uh, something coming off of like um, far from home and then get hit with like the, uh, the captain, not captain America, the Falcon and the winter soldier. And then we get this kind of like offshoot. Mm. Uh, um what's a sitcom right but it's it's the other way around the sitcom the sitcom is what's leading this whole uh new phase in marvel and so it's it's really it's really different yeah it's just there's no other way to put it it's really different and, and that's yeah. the thing i think i like about it is we had this yeah. almost poetic break in the mcu 560 some odd days between far from home and the and wandavision dropping here on disney plus and this being the first thing out of the gates is it being kind of this mind warp of a show presented mm-hmm. in a style that just throws everything out the window from what we have come to learn and expect. But like you said, it is the Marvel method, right? Not so much in the comic book, but in the intrigue building and the long game is important, I think, in this. You're not going to get the answers here. Anyone that we could come up with theories all day, but it's going to have to be the full nine episodes before... Yeah we get the next tease for what's going to happen in the multiverse of madness and in Spider-Man three. Yeah. If you think we're getting all the answers yeah. in this show, I, sorry guys, you haven't watched the last 23 Marvel movies, but I do like, I do like that theory about, about the color and, and vision being the blacked out version the, that we see at the end of infinity war. And as things right. progress here, you know, we get a lot of these cool little Easter eggs and two the things that stick out the most really for Easter eggs are the commercials that are inserted into this. 
and we get the first one, which is the Stark Industries toaster, which we get the little yeah. red light. It's the only color we see in that whole episode. And we get a later commercial, I believe, in episode two, where we have the, um, what is it, the uh, Strucker watch. Yeah. And so the interesting yeah. thing about those, and I've had time to think about this stuff, is, you know, is that, are the commercials, so, okay, I'm going to craft this out for you guys. This is my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, after talking on Friday and having some time to rewatch and all this stuff. So here's my thoughts. And I think this really goes along to, to your theory, Carlos. So feel free to take credit for all this that I might be just building off of yours, but we have Wanda stuck somewhere. And I think you've got almost like two sides battling for Wanda. You've got what hmm. could be sword on one side and you've got the character of Agatha Harkins, right? So, there's a lot of theories that they're not even going into this, that the neighbor, the nosy neighbor was is Agatha Harkins, who's a witch in herself and has had some mentorship and overall control and, uh, and workings with Wanda in the comic books and all that. And so the theory that I'm working with right now in my head is that you've got Wanda stuck somewhere and you've got two competing sides. You've got Agatha Harkins coming in and you've got sword coming in as well, trying to, you know, work their way into either helping her or using her. And the Stark industry thing and the, the Strucker thing struck me both as almost like, are they trying to tell her a bit about her origin? You know, got the Stark bomb that kind of sets her off in one from Age of Ultron. And you've got Strucker, of course, which mm -hmm. uses the Mind Stone to enlighten them or to give them the powers, right, that they have in Age of Ultron. And so I found those two things, like those two commercials are almost like insertions into the story that's being told. Like, mm. who's inserting those, right? And, yeah. and well, it's her timeline, right? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> it's her origin story yeah. with the Stark bomb, and the the key thing will be whatever the commercial is in the third. Exactly. One, I guess. Yeah, like if it's like you almost think like is it something around the death of of her brother or something to that effect, right? And it would be interesting like a to toy see... robot commercial or something. Yeah, exactly. Like how what they do to insert it in there so is that like sword because sword seems to be behind at least in my impression of both of those inserting these in trying to say like look this is your actual origin you're not this isn't really who you are because there's a lot of this like who am i what's going on you get those weird mm -hmm. random pauses at the dinner table and then like you said Troy, i really like that that point you brought and i hadn't really thought about that is when we get the red helicopter in mm -hmm. and then i i have to go back and watch but is it after that point that we do see Monica Rambeau up here. Yeah. It is. Yeah, because because that's when she's on her way with her neighbor yeah. to meet the rest of the, okay. the, the women in the community. Okay, I, I yeah, really like that. I really like yeah. that theory that that's when she parachutes in basically to yeah. to the universe that they have. And then there's also the radio, right? When we get to kind of the ladies. Yes. And I know when we talk to the, the V93 guys, there's talk of it being Evan Peters. Now that's, that is Quicksilver from the X-Men universe. But I listened to that thing about 20 times it sounds like Randall Park to me. He plays the Agent Wu in Oh, oh yeah. And yeah, he's does. in this show. He's, right? Yeah, he's definitely yeah. been confirmed to be in this show. And he's a shield agent right. from Ant Man. And I Ant Man or Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp, I believe. Ant Man and the Wasp, yeah. And I'm certain and convinced now that it's him. Uh, it does sound like him. Um, yeah. It does sound and like I list, yeah. I had like my bows on, my hands over my head and everything. And it's I'm convinced it's him now. But again, that's someone inserting their way into this kind of dream world or whatever you want to call it, what has been constructed. And the thing with, with the neighbor, it's almost like she, I said in the past, like she's guiding her through, but it's almost like she is propagating this vision, if you will. Like she's the yeah. one that's perpetuating it for Wanda and trying to keep her inside of it. Mm. 
Yeah, kind of like I said on the Vigilante show. Like, I get the sense that it's Wanda in the Matrix mm. or like kind of the Batman the Animated Series Perchance to Dream episode where she's off the rails and you have S.W.O.R.D. kind of creating a reality for her and tweaking it as they go. But yeah, Agatha Harkness, I'm more and more convinced that Agnes is that character. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't seen Bova, the cow nanny yet, so mm-hmm. that'll really put it over <laughs> the edge. So there's no confirmation until Bova shows up. But um, the magic show scene mm-hmm. when Wanda and Vision are doing their shtick and he flies for the first time and uh, Wanda freezes before she decides to... Uh, manifest kind of the rig to sell the audience you actually see agnes stop and she gets very earnest looking and she picks up her purse as though she's gonna pull something out of it Mm. and she's not the focus of the frame but then as soon as wanda manifests the pulley uh you see her kind of relax and she goes back into character and she's laughing Uh and clapping and stuff and then i also think that the fact that we have the same people in both commercials mm-hmm. and then the kind of aim looking beekeeper guy. Yeah. Like that was a yeah. theory that you brought on Friday. Like, yeah, I'm thinking it's like the bit of matrix going on mm-hmm. little mad hatter yeah. action with, with yeah. Wanda. Cause she's too off the rails or somebody's trying to take control of her. And, and that might actually speak to agent Wu being in there too. Yeah. Cause it, he's part of shield instead or sword instead of shield now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, that it's just morphed into because you get a lot of sword references, right? You get it at the end, and you get them watching the TV, and so it, it brings and like you said, a lot of this with the theory craft and all that. And the cool thing about the way this is being released is we get a little bit more to that each and every week, yes. which is really cool, yeah. right? So we can build on these different theories, and there's so much in this. Like you go back and rewatch, and you pick up little things, like even the the way they use the Jetson style of of uh, cartoons right to bring things the gumming up the works of vision when he eats the gum and he gets all drunk and i really like that scene it's like that whole like illusion smoke and mirrors type thing which you know is that speaking more to the audience about what this exactly is like you even look at that box and i know it's my second viewing on the box you see the mind stone with the rays coming out of it on the the magic box they use to do the disappearing act Mm -hmm. and so like it's gonna be really cool to look back on these episodes once we have the full nine episodes and can say okay this is what they were telling us this is where it's going and that's i think the intrigue that's going to keep people coming back to this like even my wife when she watched this really enjoyed it she's a big marvel fan but she looked at me at the end of episode two and said well there's only two episodes like i want to know what happens next and i think if anything what these this these episodes do is they introduce us to the concept they get us reintroduced to the power of Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany in these roles, some intrigue, some Easter eggs, and just enough to get you coming back. And I think if they were to go a little bit further, like you guys said, with mm-hmm. the black and white, they're going to start to lose people. But yeah. the transition yeah. a little earlier might have helped if we're going to lay one criticism in there. But I think mm-hmm. they do enough work here to get enough people and kind of that hook, like I always say. You know, you got one, two books, you got a couple minutes in a trailer to sell me on this. They yeah. sold me on this. Did they sell you guys on this basic concept and where they're going with all this? Carl's, are you in for the long haul here? Oh, definitely. Yeah, like whatever gripes I had, like at the same time, 
I'm fascinated to see where it goes. And it's well done. There's mm. there's no denying that it's well done. Like, um, yeah, and they've laid enough seeds that I'm curious to see where it goes. And it's a I agree with you that it's a neat way to do it as a mini series. Like, you could have done this as one three hour movie because that's what the nine episodes of twenty minutes mm. are going to be. But um, this way, you get to be in the zeitgeist for eight or nine weeks and you get to kind of grow the legend around this thing. So yeah, I'm not doing cartwheels over it. Like, you know, if it's not like when the boys was coming out and it's like, how fast can I get to watching this on a Friday? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and yeah, I, I wouldn't sell Sunny a Disney plus membership for it but at the same time it's it's a quality product for sure yeah it definitely is and yeah. i think to your point about a three-hour movie you can't do this in any other form like this this would yeah, never no. fly any other way you'd have to present the mystery and then show the resolution and then get into the the meat of it really fast in a movie and i think utilizing and leveraging this platform is something that i'm hoping that the mcu kevin feige marvel studios really does here is that this isn't a platform to tell your typical movie. This is uh, something to take risk on, to take chances on, to tell us a different story. Like those comic books that you pick up, Tom King's Wanda and Vision, right? This is a book that, you know, didn't get that that mainstream attention, but you pick it up and you love it. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm hoping this is, that by the end of it, it's like, wow, this is mm-hmm. was a huge risk, but they pulled it off with flying colors. So Troy Mann. Are you in it for the long haul? Yeah, yeah. For for me, it's, it's an easy, easy uh, long haul uh, view for me. Um, the episodes don't have me intrigued enough. Like I don't want to compare it to the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. um, especially because season two is just not fair because it, it had a lot to build up on. But uh, it, it's it's risky, man. You know because um, they got to walk that fine line now with the MCU, where the movies you you could you could spread. You know, it's word of mouth. You tell your buddies, and they go back and they watch the movie, and they're cool. Whereas a show, it's a lot to, you know, kind of recommend to someone. And if this doesn't necessarily follow like, that same kind of formula as the Marvel movies, at least in the action sense and the heroics, where it's like, I could very easily see somebody watch one episode and then walk away mm-hmm. from it and be like, yeah, that wasn't really for me. I'll just stick to the movies. But the thing I wonder is like, if you skip these shows, how much of the MCU factor are you missing? So it's kind of like that weird line, whereas like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was kind of easier for them to walk away from. Because that was very like, here's Agents of Shield. They're doing this, and the heroes are somewhere else. Whereas this is like, this is Wanda. This is Vision. So you really, I mean, they're the Avengers, right? They're part of the Avengers. So it's like you don't want to miss any of that. How do you tell a story that involves the key Avengers without making you have to like know it all to watch the rest of the movies? If that makes any sense. But I mean, for me, I don't think they had to really impress mm-hmm. me much because. I'm a yeah. diehard. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch these things. I don't know how it works for for the others, but like you mentioned, man, is well executed. Uh, the quality was there. Uh, they definitely could not pull this off in a three hour movie. Uh, no no way in heck. So they I think they have the right footing in this platform with the Disney mm-hmm. Plus uh, the streaming. I think that's the that's the way to do it, man. And I think you're right. I think when the whole thing's done after the nine episodes, I'm gonna be like, whoa, okay, that was really cool. That was worth watching. Just these two episodes is really hard for me to really sink my teeth in and you know even the mandalorian when i saw the mandalorian first episode i was like yeah this is really cool but i wasn't like you know leaving there like force awakens right so i gotta just uh wait and see uh how this all plays out man week by week yeah. but the boys yeah yeah the boys and like a bunch of other like kind of shows mando out there season two daredevil <laughs> mando season two like those things had me like whoa yeah. 
how is Matt going to get himself out of this situation, right? So uh, we, we'll see, man. It's a wait yeah. and see. We're definitely going to get yeah. there. Yeah. And it, it's yeah. exciting, man. Exciting the MCU's yeah. back. And yeah. we get this consumption rate. And, and you're right. I think the one thing that we're really going to see with Disney Plus here is how engaged and how committed are the MCU fans because I think you're going to have to watch this stuff to get what's going on in the next movies. Like Multiverse of Madness, like you said, this spins directly out of this show. I right. think Spider-Man 3 is going to be implications for it as well out of this show. Maybe more, maybe not direct, a bit more of a, a tangible influence or less tangible influence, but there's going to be influences across the board on all these shows. And so get your watching, guys. Get your watching. And we'll see. And if they fall flat on their face, it's like, hey, remember the X-Men that you love? Yeah. Yours are version. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right, guys. We're going to wrap yeah. it up there for this week. WandaVision, the return of some fan favorites to the MCU, DC Future State. It's been an exciting week, guys, and we got lots more content coming at you. In the next few weeks, it's going to be some recaps of WandaVision. We're going to be revisiting some comic books here. And we're going to get inevitably going to get into some of those big Marvel movies, DC movies. We've got a lot coming. HBO Max just put out a big, huge stinger trailer that's showing some Suicide Squad stuff. So it's going to be a very exciting year, guys. And, you know, come back next week. We're going to talk in all things Star Wars Marvel, DC, and beyond. And if you guys want to be a bigger part of this show, let us know what's going on in your mind for WandaVision. You can always email us at thenerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do over the nerdroom.net. The hunt is, of course, real. And you can find it over on Instagram at thenerdroom. I got my hashtag five days of figs going up there. I'm opening five <laughs> figures across the next five days that I accumulated over the holidays and are having some fun busting them out of the box, posing them up, doing some comparison shots. So go over there and check all of that out and what else do we got here guys what else do i usually remind people of who knows who knows twitter that's it so you can find most of us we're always hanging out there looking for a good conversation so you can go check us out handles are at the end of the episode and if you guys have some time go check out our friends over at vigilante 1939 carlos and i guest on their podcast their live stream this past week as mentioned and we had a blast with those guys they joined us on our mando wrap-up episode and they were courteous and kind enough to invite us on to their WandaVision kickoff episode. So make sure to go check that one out over on Let's Go YouTube page or their podcast feed for the straight up audio. Guys, with all that being said, until next week, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Batman. And Sanjay, well, you heard him say goodbye earlier. So, guys, be kind, be safe, and thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.